Welcome to the Association Hub podcast, a bite-sized series of weekly inspiration designed to keep curious association professionals inspired. Our topics will cover everything from membership growth to online communities, technology and sponsorship and beyond that. Hello and welcome to the Association Hub podcast, your weekly inspiration on all things membership and associations. And together with you are your hosts, Olena Lima and Angela Shelton. Angela, first things first, I would like to say a huge thank you to all our listeners and guests for the incredible support we've received in the last few weeks. It's been absolutely amazing to see so much interest, followers, comments, and the desire of our guests to share their experiences. And if any of our listeners here today would like to support us, please subscribe to the podcast and give it a five-star rating in the app of your choice. And it really helps with boosting the podcast through the platform algorithm. And make sure that there's plenty for you to continue listening to. You can also share the podcast with your colleagues or through social networks. It really helps us to spread the word. But enough about us. Alina, what is the topic of today's episode? Today is my absolute favorite member value proposition. I love it. I love this topic too. And it's so important to get the member value proposition statement right. But even though a statement needs to be short, often just one sentence is definitely easier said than done. It's just incredible how many people struggle to answer a simple question. So what's your member value position? And sometimes I go to people and I start my meetings and start my workshops with these simple questions. What's your member value proposition? And some of them just go into the five minute monologue about all the benefits. Others list their services like training and networking. While a well-crafted member value proposition statement should communicate why members choose to be a member of your association what's in it for them and not the list of your association services. And today we have a guest from New Zealand, Braden Clark from Aotearoa New Zealand Association of Social Workers will be sharing his experience of how they reshape their member value proposition statement. Yes, Braden joined the association relatively recently and together with his team, he went through the process of reviewing their member value proposition statement, which they're currently promoting actively through their all marketing channels. So let's dive in and find out more about what it means to be a part of the ANZASW community. Hi, Braden, and welcome to our Association Hub podcast. Thank you so much for your time and for agreeing to share your experience with us today. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. When we first met, you just started at the New Zealand Association of Social Workers and together with your team, you've been working hard on reshaping the organization. I've been watching the transformation with a great interest over the years, and I'm super excited about hearing this story. So can you please tell us what the challenge did you face when you just started? Yeah, sure. So I joined the Aotearoa New Zealand Association of Social Workers in 2019 as a board member initially. And then when the role came up for chief executive, I stepped down into that role and took that role on. And really for us, one of the major challenges was to try to bring the association into a relevant space that was engaging, particularly for our younger membership. We did a lot of transformational work. And for me, one of the major things was around that value proposition. What is it that people are wanting from an association and how do you articulate and market that to be able to help them to understand quickly what it is that you do and what that value proposition is that you offer really? 
So how did you start? How did you approach? Because I know that maybe value proposition, it seems like it's just one sentence. How can it be hard? But I also know how hard and sometimes it takes days and days. And you also need to consider not only your point of view, but your team, your members, all the stakeholders, the board. So did you have any structural process or did you just come up with the idea? Yeah, look, I think a common place that lots of organizations start when they're looking at value proposition is what are the things that we offer and what are the services or the products that we offer? And so initially, we actually started by just brainstorming everything that we did as an association and just had that on a big whiteboard. So what I wanted to do, though, was I was like, cool, you know, like we offer professional indemnity insurance, for example. How does that actually support our membership? What is the need that it's doing within that? And so what we started to do was we started to group these common product or service offerings together into sections. And what we really tried to dig down to for each of those is what is it that we're offering the member? And so we ended up, we simplified that down into five statements that articulate the five different areas or they're interrelated in some ways, but we went through those. And so what we ended up with is like, for example, we're a community of social workers to articulate that actually we, the value that we're doing is you're part of something bigger. You're connected to that. One of them's around, we promote the social work profession. So around our advocacy work to just to help people to understand that actually what we're doing for them rather than saying, oh, you know, we write select committee submissions or we do these sorts of things. And I actually think that it's worthwhile to read out your member value position because I find it really sums up what it is. And I will be honest with you, I uh, use it a lot as a case study in my membership marketing school now. So it says together, we are a community of social workers, develop, support and protect social workers, enhance our professional identity, promote the social workers profession, advocate for social change and justice. And look, I love it because it's, again, it's not about advocating for social workers, but it's advocate for social change. So you put so much into this. It's not about your association and it's not about just the profession, but it's broader. It covers so many things. So well done. Thank you. Thank you. No, that's great. And I think it's a really good way of, you know, if I'm going to talk to students or I'm talking to new members, I can then use that to explain and talk about what that is in a far more engaging, exciting way than just saying, oh, you know, we offer professional indemnity insurance or we offer professional development. What we can do is we can actually talk to what it is that those needs that they're meeting are. So it's become a really helpful marketing tool for the association as we engage with different groups of people and different members. And we can then tailor it using those core statements. We can tailor what we talk about based on those personas or whatever else you've done in terms of your marketing development space. And that's actually the topic I would like to dive a bit deeper. So there is a bit of argument in the market. Some people say that you should have one member value proposition for all the markets and others say that you have to tailor your market value proposition for different markets. How do you approach this? We only have one at the moment. I think just out of pure lack of time to do that in a more detailed way. I can see the benefit of doing that, but I think a really good member value proposition actually should actually speak to what you do across that. And then you might target and tailor some of the other messaging that sits behind that. So for example, if I was talking to students, I'd talk about the stuff that's more relevant to students or as they kind of enter into a new graduate space. So what are the things that fit under that? Whereas if you're talking to different people, I can use the same statements, but talk about how it relates to what they're they're more interested in. So for me, I think that yes, you can use, you could do it both ways. Absolutely. I like having one because it means I only have to remember one set of messaging and then I can tailor based on who I'm talking to in that regard. 
And in terms of, you said that it was a powerful marketing tool. So how do you use it in marketing? Oh, it's obviously on your website, very visible on your website. How do you teach your, let's say, membership team and marketing team so they're all communicating the same message? That, and how do you use it in your promotional materials? Do you use it in, let's say, a social ads too? Or is it just purely for the phone conversation? So how do you practically use it? Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's something I think we definitely could have developed more over time. But it really is, that languaging is, for me, is really important to how we've talked about that with the team. They know this, they know that this is the languaging. And for me, the inclusive language is really important. So whenever we're putting any content out, whether that be emails or social media, the focus is on that inclusive language and to help people to see that. We haven't done any particular social media advertising or targeting per se around that, but it does sit as an underpinning thing across everything that we do. And so our team are familiar with it and can use that as, they, they do use that as talking points if someone's asking about what we actually do as well. That's fantastic. And what's next for the association? You've just told me uh, five minutes ago that uh, you are embarking on your new journey. So are you happy with how you live in the association in a good state to, to go ahead? And so what's next, do you think? Yeah, I'm really happy with where the association's at. There's always more you can do, but the common theme of, you know, after leaving, just finishing up has been that I've really breathed life back into the association. And I think using some of these tools that I learned from membership marketing school and some of the other stuff we've done has really helped to improve the communication and relevance of the association. And we've ended up having a 15% growth over the two years that I was at the helm, which is just incredible. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, so I'm really happy with where that is. Look, there's always more to be done. And I've said um, I'm a member of the association and have said I'll continue to support in whatever way possible. So we'll continue to do that. And at the moment, and just going off to finish off my doctoral studies. So have a little bit of space and having some connection back in is always a good thing to keep me busy. But really pleased with where the team's got to in terms of some of the stuff that we've um, implemented over the last little while. Well, good luck with your studies and good luck with your the next six months of your life within the new project. And we will be continue watching the association and we will see where you end up when you're back. Awesome. Thanks, Alina. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe. And if you'd like to join the conversation, reach out to us at associationhubpodcast.com. You can also find out more at answers.net.au and memberboat.com.au. Until next time, stay curious.